but I didn't see much profit in it. I still don't see much profit in it. I really don't. We had a few guys that they liked to fight, and I, I, I was glad for them to fight. But uh, I tell you what, if you're going to be saved, you are going to learn to fight. So that, that is a definite true statement there. Uh, if, if, if everything's going easy, you're probably going the wrong way. <laughs> you're on the wrong. And you know what? Even being on the right road don't do you any good if you just sit there. You'll get run over if you just sit there. But uh, good to feel the sweet presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, well that section over there looks pretty full, man. Doing good. Praise the Lord. Two weeks from the night, the Lord willing, we'll be starting revival. I hadn't heard from Brother Spurgeon, but I'm trusting. I'd have thought he'd have called me by now. If he don't, Brother Nation, are you free? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pray, I'm sure you are. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like to start off by reading 1 Corinthians 1, verses 1 and 2. And we are talking about our core values. If you study the Old Testament, the Bible says it is an example for us. And one of the main themes of the Bible was always with separation from the world. Uh, the people of God were always separated. And uh, I heard they mentioned one of the ladies out here at the campground mentioned about the ribbon of blue. I heard a message a long time ago about that, how they wore a ribbon of blue around their robe, and that was part of their identification there, that God wanted us to be different from the world. Uh, of course, the world we live in today, it's really not that hard to be different. Uh, the world has gone uh, really just stark raving mad, I guess is about the kindest way to say it. But 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 1 says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, and Sophonies, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. You'll notice there in that second verse, he said, he's writing his letter to the church at Corinth, but he says, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, the whole word of God applies to all of us. And bless you, you may be seated. Uh, we do live in a world that, uh, even a church world that wants to question uh, everything that the Bible says. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with questioning, but, uh, but somehow they want to filter out. I believe it was, I think it was Thomas Jefferson. I don't, don't hold me to it, but they said he actually cut out parts of the Bible that he didn't like. And uh, you, you can cut it out if you want to, but that's not going to change the word of the Lord. Uh, I say, you know, you can get that bill in the mail. You can just stomp that and throw it in the trash, but they're still coming to get that car if you don't make the payments. I'll just tell you that. I wish they'd come get my car. Transmission's out again. Hallelujah. If y'all see something burning, pray that's my car. Hallelujah. <laughs> Got good insurance on it. I was with my cousin in Dallas, Texas, and he had been trying to sell his church for years. I mean, it was old Brother Hush's church in downtown Dallas. 
got to be a bad area, and they built a new church there in the early 70s, and this was like 85. He'd been trying to sell it for three or four years, and we was driving down, 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 and boy, we saw this smoke rise. He said, boy, I hope that's the church. <laughs> you know, he, he was just wanting to get out of that location so bad. I thought he was kidding at the time, but I don't know. He may not have been. But uh, now, if you'll turn in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and I'll leave it open there. Praise the Lord. That's just the way that transmission's been doing, just like that right there. That redneck, every time I think it's going, it, I tell you, I called the home office today to complain. Thank you there, Brother Joe. When I'm teaching, I guess it ain't quite as critical, but I... Big Ben Kokomo, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And Brother Joe, he'll check your batteries with his tongue. Now, I ain't going to check no better with my tongue. <laughs> That's why he's got less hair on his eyebrow over here. But hallelujah. Uh, Praise the Lord. I do appreciate all that Brother Joe does. He does a lot of work, donates a lot of time and equipment. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says, Be ye followers of me, followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. I think that's good advice right there. Another place he, he said, Follow me as I follow Christ. And uh, we are trying to follow the Lord. And uh, it, is, uh, it is of utmost importance that we follow the Lord. Uh, we, we don't need our own way. Uh, if you'll study and uh, even uh, we're teaching the Bible study right now on the first lessons. I love it because it points out about the power of choice and it talks about Noah's Ark and how that you had to follow the plan. God always has a plan. But verse 2 says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. And this word ordinance, uh, really means traditions or doctrines that he handed down. It mentions this in another place about teaching the, keeping the doctrines that have been handed down. Uh, it is easy, and I am one that has been in that category before, it is easy for us that have come along in a time of prosperity in Pentecost, and when Pentecost has become popular, that we some of the things that we have heard preached about when we were younger sometimes we're not careful we look at them like i don't know if i understand the relevance of that we need to be very careful about changing our doctrines and our teachings uh, of course we're not going to change anything that's in the bible but there are some things that have been handed down and i'll just go ahead and, and, and give you a good example somebody asked me the other day and I, not the first person ever asked me but they said and it's really a good question said you know we teach that women ought to wear their pants uh, their pants uh, their dress <laughs> I'm okay, y'all. Uh, they ought to wear their dress at least down to the middle of the knee. And that, that, that's what we teach. We like at least the middle of the knee. And uh said, if that's true, how come the men can't wear their pants just to the middle of the knee? Now, the truth is, that really is a reasonable question. But I tell you, we decided a long time ago that uh, because if it's all right to see a woman's calf, I guess it'd be all right to see a hairy man's calf. But uh, it is one of the doctrines, one of the teachings that's been handed down that we still stand by that. 
because we're because we're trying to be separate. And uh, the truth is, I, I just I hear see, some people go to church nowadays. Some of these churches, the men come in short britches, and of course the women come in hot pants. So I guess it doesn't matter at those kind of churches. But I might have trouble getting into the service. I'm afraid if a lot of that was going on. But there are some things, once again, that you're just going to have to realize that there's some guidelines that we have drawn and gone by. And you know what? It's worked so far. You know, there's an old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if it's transmission broke, you need to fix it. But, but anyway, you need to understand that. Verse 3 says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Now, what it's addressing here first is just, uh, once again, let me emphasize, I believe Brother Brown mentioned it Sunday, and I certainly concur with what he said. This is talking about headship. Uh, no form, shape, or fashion does the Bible teach that men and women are any different uh, as far as in value to God. There's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither Greek nor Jew. We're all the same in the sight of the Lord. But the Lord does, has designated that the man is the head of the house. He has designated that. And as we mentioned before, when you get out of line of what God ordained for something to be, you're going to have problems. I'm just going to tell you right now. And our society has had a lot of problem with this for the fact that years ago, and I'll tell you where a lot of it was, is a lot of women didn't work in times past, and so it never was a question. But when you have a, a job where you are a superior, and I'm talking about the ladies, then when you come home, I can see how it would be uh, a little difficult maybe to shift gears and understand that you've got a different role. Once again, not saying that anybody's a boss. We're talking about just somebody's got to be the head. There's got to be a head. You don't have, if you go in a car, now they claim some of those cars they teach you to drive got two steering wheels, but I trust they don't both work at the same time. I assume only one works at a time because you'd be in a mess if you was going down there. Now, planes do have two. Anybody fly? You fly, brother man. But you can't use them both at the same time. Oh, can you? You can turn the plane different, I mean, at the same time? No, well, it could cause problems, couldn't it? Oh, it can't? No, both of you got to have intelligence. Well, <laughs> you just identified the problem right there. Hallelujah. I didn't say that now, Brother Nation, did you? Hallelujah. I better move right along here, y'all, before I get in trouble, trouble, trouble. I thought Brother Nation was going to help me now. You don't get me in a bad spot here. But uh, it does say that the head of, of man is, is Christ, is God. And uh, we do believe that. We've got to have the Lord, and we always are going to need that. And, of course, it goes on then in verse 4. And it says, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. So if you're a man and, and God's over you, if your head is covered, he said, you're dishonoring your head. You listen to me, young people, just man, you know what? You can dishonor your parents. You can dishonor your parents. Men, you can dishonor your wife. You know, I'm just saying it is possible to bring dishonor or shame on somebody else even though you claim i'm not doing it to hurt anybody else you do hurt somebody else most of the time when something happens and so he's saying here that every man praying or prophesying having his head covered dishonoreth his head but every woman that prayeth or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head for that is even all one as if she were shaven 
said, but now the woman is supposed to have her head covered. It's not supposed to be uncovered. Why? Because he's God. God don't have to explain it to us. It just says right there that the man's supposed to have his not covered and the woman's supposed to have hers covered. And uh, once again, we're, we're just trying to be obedient to the Lord. And then verse 6 says, For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. He's saying uh, it's a shame. Folks, we don't want to do anything. It's a shame. You know, a shame is something that embarrasses you. The Bible says if we're ashamed of him, he's going to be ashamed of us. So we're, we're trying to be. So we're going to read through and we'll come back. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judging yourself, is it comely that a woman praying to God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Now, this is one of the most identifying marks probably that we have upon the church, uh, the Pentecostal church, uh, is the identification of our women and their hair. Now, the reason you don't identify the men as much, we're back in the days now that there's some men wearing their hair real long, but it's not as many as it used to be back when I was younger. So you can't tell... If you go to the mall, you can't necessarily tell a Pentecostal man from a, Pentec a non-Pentecostal man just glancing. But generally speaking, you can kind of tell if there's a Pentecostal woman. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Generally, you can tell that. And one of the identifying marks is because she has her head covered, because she has been taught that her hair is given unto her. And so what we're trying to say here in verse 5, it says, for that, it says, uh, with her head uncovered, it's off her head, for this is even all one as if she were shaven. And he goes on to say, if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. He was saying, if you've got your hair cut, it's the same as if it's been shaved off. The word shorn is a past particle. What's the word? Participle, thank you there. Well, I thought it was a popsicle, but I didn't want to get carried away. Of the word shear. Shear just means to cut. As a matter of fact, we're living in such a devious day, you don't even have to use scissors nowadays. I've known people chew it off, burn it off, pull it out. Uh, that's going against the spirit of the word, what the God is teaching here. We're not trying to change what God has given us. And, and let me tell you this for you ladies that have prayed through. When you're born into the kingdom of God, your hair might not be no longer in mine, but if you, never, if you don't cut it, it's considered long in the sight of the Lord. You let nature take its course. Because the Lord knows that. And so uh, it, it goes on uh, for a man, verse 7, Indeed ought not to cover his head, for much he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. The, the woman is the glory of the man. Isn't that a good statement, ladies? You're the glory of us men. You're, you're, the, you're the better half, as we always like to say. And, and sometimes, you know, we'd be in, do, well, be careful now, Sister Jan. I don't want to repeat that. 
But verse 8 says, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. That's just talking about in creation. Man was created first. Woman was taken out of man. And uh, as we have heard many times, she was at his side. She's not to be trampled on. She wasn't taken from the head to usurp authority over him. And, uh, but it's out of his side. You know, when you love somebody, you want what's best for them. You know, it doesn't make sense. A lot of our uh, men, and I know we still have a battle, the men do. Uh, we was brought up, a lot of us, like I said, my mother never worked, and my daddy was the king of the castle, and my mother's a meek, mild spirit, and, and she told me one day when I grew up, I'd get to be the king of the castle. And because her mother told her when she grew up, she'd be the queen of the castle, and so we've had to work that out. <laughs> I say, I, we found out a long time ago that if I'd let her do what she want to do and I'd do what she want me to do, it just work out great. You know, it just works out real good. But uh, but I'm still the head, Brother Nation. But no, actually, when you love somebody, you want what's best for them. You really do. Uh, we're supposed to, men, we're supposed to love our wives as he loved the church. What an awesome, I mean, I'm going to tell you, we're, we're bad about wanting to talk about the women submitting to us, but if we'd love our wives like the Lord loved the church, they'd be glad to submit. They'd be glad that we're taking care of them. And so verse verse 9 is an interesting verse. Uh, wait a minute, not verse 9, verse 11. No, it's not verse 11 either. Verse 10. For this cause ought the woman to have power in her head because of the angels. Because of the angels. The angels somehow, the Bible says, they desire to look into what we've got. See, they can't understand God has come to live in flesh. That just blew their mind, I'm sure, the first time that happened. Because, you see, they're always going to be angels. That's all they're ever going to be is angels. And angels are powerful. But the Bible says one day we're going to be like him. Because we've got his spirit inside of us. But the essence here is saying that the angels, you've got power, ladies, with angels when they see that you're in submission to your husband. Now, let me just go ahead while I'm here and just briefly mention this. Now, you can have long hair and not be submissive to your husband. Well, it's true. Now, we, we teach the long hair real strong, and it is a symbol of submission. But if you're not submitted, that symbol's not going to save you. Do you know baptism is just a symbol? That's all it is. It's a symbol. But we believe it's essential because we have to be buried with him. But we need to understand the angels somehow. Uh, and, and, and I know when you get to studying this, and of course people say, what relevance? Well, all I can say is I just don't believe they would have took this many verses in the Bible if this wasn't relevant to us today. And uh, there's a lot of things in the Bible that we don't have a grasp of. But if you'll study that right there, because down it says uh, in verse uh, 11, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither woman without the man in the Lord. See, after saying the woman's for the man, now it's saying, though, you've got to have a man and a woman to keep on producing the race here. So, men, we've we got to have our wives now. Do we not? Well, praise the Lord, boy. Everybody's getting quiet up, J.D. We need our wives, man. I mean, we need our wives. We, the truth is, the Bible talks about the woman giving honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. They may be weaker physically, but that's about the only place they're weaker. I'm just telling you, 
I say the women is what started most of the churches. The women is what raised most of the children. The women is the one that's given in a lot of times and kept peace and harmony in the family. I'm telling you, the women are strong. For verse 12 says, For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. But verse 13, Judging yourself, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself. What is nature? That's that part that just tells you you're supposed to take care of your children. That's that part that just gives you some common sense. It's amazing to watch animals. And you know I don't know much about animals. But I do know that most, you, you don't mess with a, a female dog's puppies hardly. I'm just going to tell you that. I learned that one time. You better leave them alone. That mama will fight you. Even your own dog will nearly get you if you try to get them at the wrong time. Because in nature has put that in there. To protect them. Nature itself teaches you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it's a glory to her. Now listen, here's the key thing. For her hair is given her for a covering. Her hair. This is talking about covering. They had a custom of wearing veils back then. But there's nowhere you find even in the Old Testament that they're required to wear veils. But here in the New Testament, it's telling us, ladies, you need your head covered when you pray. You need your head covered. And then it tells you specifically your hair is your covering. That, that's pretty simple right there, really, if you just look at it objectively, that your hair is your covering. That's the reason we teach and preach. And that's why we don't thin it out. We don't, we, we don't cut the split ends off. You know, we leave it alone. And uh, if, if if permanent keeps breaking it off, you need to quit permanent, you know, because this is a glory unto God, and we're trying to please him. But this is an awesome thing for the fact, though, that the angels, once again, we don't totally understand all that scripture, but the angels somehow notice when you're submissive, and that is a sign. You know, when you see some cars, you know, most of them have some kind of emblem, either the, the Cadillac symbol or the Mercedes symbol, and uh, you know, I knew a guy had an old car one time, and somebody stole the little, it was, it was like a 50-something. You know, they used to have those things on the hood, and they didn't steal the car. They just stood that ornament on top. It was worth more than the car was, they said, because that was a symbol of what kind of car that was. I saw a 1959 Rolls Royce uh, Sunday, I think it was, down here. I had to ask the guy what year it was. But that thing was sharp, but when I saw that RR, I knew what it was. That was a symbol. And we need to understand that God still is teaching us and, and, and expecting us to obey the word of the Lord here. And I mentioned this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Verse 16 says, but if any man seem to be contentious, you're in trouble if you're contentious with God. The contentious are in there with the ungodly. The contentious are those that are fighting and striving about things. Uh, the kingdom of God is, not, is, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we're trying to be pleasing unto God. And, and like I say, we, we adhere to this teaching. We believe that this is a biblical foundation. This is what we're always going to teach the Lord willing. You'll know I'm not in my right mind if I ever get up and say that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you need to escort me to that door out there because I believe this is essential. What has brought the power and anointing of God to our churches is people consecrating and dedicating themselves to the word of the Lord and being separate from the world. Do you know if you, seriously, if you see pictures from, from many years ago, all the women look Pentecostal. I'm just telling you, they all look Pentecostal at the turn of the century. It was 
most people will tell you during World War II when the women went to work in the factory, that's when they changed the dress. And of course, we know they bobbed their hair in the 20s, but it still was not widely done until after that. And it loosed this spirit upon us. God wants there to be a difference between a man and a female. He wants you to be able to tell. Have you ever been in the mall and you know you saw somebody was walking away from you and you thought, well, that looks like y'all can see that long hair and looked like they had a little nice little beard and, and, and you know, when you was younger and you was wondering what they was going to look like and they come find they had a beard and mustache on them. You thought it was a girl, you know. Uh, you didn't know that what that was coming or from behind there. And you need to said God expects, yes, they wore robes back in the Old Testament, but if you'll study, there were different robes for men and different robes for women. There was a difference marked in there. And once again, we're not, we're not trying to pick that. This is what they've always taught. This is what holiness people have always taught. And the truth is how wonderful and how much more ladylike with, with the long hair. Uh, I, I've seen, I just think, because maybe I'm conditioned by our churches, I guess, but uh, I, I love to see a Pentecostal lady with that hair in the mall because it is an identification mark. It is a witness uh, to this world that there is somebody that's a little different here. Now, you see people who have long hair occasionally, but when it's somebody's doing it unto the Lord. And so we're, we're saying here that we don't want to be contentious. I had a friend of mine one time said, well, I'm just going to be contentious. He was a guy in high school. He said, it says, if I don't want to, I do what I want to do. That's not what the Bible teaches. Now, you can do what you want to do. Now, I will grant you that. You can do what you want to do. And let me tell you this, ladies. We need to train up our children this way, too. It's cutting their bangs when they're little girls. It doesn't even make sense. You know, why would you let them smoke when they're five? You know, would you let them drink when they was five? No. There's some things we want to instill into them. And uh, it doesn't, you give them a love to look like the world is what happens. I don't believe they need to play with play jewelry. And makeup either. I see, you know, they, they get those little bitty things of lipstick and, and, and they'll get the fake beads and the fake earrings and stuff. And they're looking like the world. We, we're not trying to look like the world. Why would we want to put that desire in our children's hearts? So we're trying to teach them. And actually, at some point, your child's going to have to understand, we're different. We're different. Nothing to be ashamed about it. <laughs> we're different. Man, the world's Everybody out there is different. I mean, boy, some of them's really different. You know, you see these pierced tongues and belly buttons. Man, we went wherever we went on our U trip this year. Man, I tell you, you know, generally you see them pierced belly buttons on somebody who hadn't got much of a belly. And it was this kind of heavy set lady. I thought, man, why don't you cover up? Lord have mercy. Because that just drew your attention to her stomach. I mean, she was doing more to curb lust than my preaching does. I'm just telling you, it was, it was terrible, man. It was just bad. But uh, we're trying to be pleasing unto the Lord. The real truth of the matter is there's some things we don't totally understand. I don't totally understand why this scripture is here. You know, it is true. Does God, here's what people say, does not God look on the heart? Yeah, God looks on the heart. But he also says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, that's the real test of love. If you love him, keep his commandments. When Moses came up to the burning bush, he said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Well, burning hot sand is kind of hot to stand on. But you didn't see Moses saying, well, Lord, is it right to keep my socks on? Or, you know, I mean, he just took them off. He was obeying the Lord. And I tell you what, when people really get full of the Holy Ghost, 
you can just about tell them anything is in the Bible, and they'll just do it. You And you can tell when somebody ain't full of the Holy Ghost. I promise you that. I know you never dealt with any of those, Brother Ed Cotton, but I up in the Delta, I had a couple that was teaching on modesty, because all I had was new people in, in Cleveland. All I had was new people. Cindy and Shelly gave away a lot of their dresses, man. People would come in, they wouldn't have a dress. Ladies, it's hard to imagine, wouldn't own one dress. So we'd give them two or three dresses, and I taught on modesty and that you ought to wear a dress. And one lady, I saw her downtown, and she was just a waving at me, so she was happy that I caught her in a dress is what it was. But unfortunately, it was sleeveless. <laughs> you know, I hadn't got that point yet. But she was just so glad to see me. She was a waving over there. And she she was kind of a you know a big arm girl you know how when they swing you know and it was it was swinging in the breeze there and and I thought she definitely needs them sleeves you know for more reasons than one but she was doing what I had taught so far I hadn't got that far I just smiled was glad to see her I was glad to see that she was receiving the teaching of the Lord well we're kind of getting Bible talks about modest apparel. And let me just say this while it's on my mind. Ladies, girls, we've got some too tight clothes around here. We really do. Too tight tops and too tight skirts and dresses or whatever. It doesn't need to show your form. It really doesn't. Because I'm going to tell you, well, I won't tell you, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying you need to look in the mirror before you leave the house. It doesn't need to be stuck to your body there to where there's nothing left of the imagination, even though you've covered up. You see, there is a thing as being modest. Modest is not calling attention to you. If it calls attention to you, and I'm on, well, I'll go ahead and say it. I can tell when somebody's got something on they shouldn't have because this front row boys will be looking over there like you. None of us men would do that, but, you know, these boys are younger. And uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm telling the truth here, folks. We've had, we've had some on the platform, and I'm trying to be kind and nice here, okay? But we, we don't want the tight tops and the tight skirts and dresses here. It, it, it need, you don't need to wear them anywhere, not just on the platform. You don't need to wear them anywhere. If it calls attention to your body, uh, and, and it and it does. I never have understood these men that like their women to dress like that. You, you'll see some guy in the mall and his wife looks like she hadn't even hardly got anything on. And I think, what's wrong with that guy? You know, I don't, I don't understand. The world don't think like we think, folks. They don't think like we think. But even in our children, let me tell you, I don't, I don't think our children need to be wearing sleeveless dresses. I know, I know it's what's modest on a child is not always the same as modest on an adult. I don't believe the child's got to wear their dress real long when they're little, but it needs to be long enough. Uh, you know, I've seen some really short ones in my day, and uh, well, my wife told me about them. I, I didn't notice them myself. And, uh, I got in trouble in Shreveport one of the first times I ever got up to preach, and I don't know what possessed me. Y'all know how I am, but I said, you know, uh, this is one of the first messages I ever preached. I said, I believe a message ought to be like a cheerleader's skirt. They all looked at me. I said, it ought to be long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to be interesting. And uh, <laughs> can you believe I said that? I can't believe I said it. But uh, but now that I'm older and wiser, you really need to cover the subject, folks. You need to cover the subject. Everybody with me? I'm just trying to laugh, get you laughing just a little bit because I don't want to hurt you here with this. But I am asking you to help us with this. 
don't these little cap dresses they're not long enough if you can raise your hand and there's no doubt that it needs to be it needs to be closer to your elbow than it is to your shoulder it, it really does i mean that's why a lot of people always say just wear them to the elbow you know i, I realize that a lot of people work and i but you need to be able to raise your hands lady and not be able to see up under your arm there that's not hard to take a test on that but uh, because we're trying to be modest we're trying to be modest we're striving to be modest uh, and it's amazing how even when adam and eve when their eyes was open they knew they was naked they put on clothes See, they wanted to put something on you can show the world in pitiful shape because they just won't take it off of course that one preacher was preaching about clothes. He said, you know, if God wanted us naked, he'd have made us that way. But, uh, and of course, he, he did make us that way. But he gave us enough sense to know. Uh, and then if we didn't have enough sense, he gave us the word of God. And if you can't divide it rightly, he gave you a pastor so that he could explain it more perfectly to you. And so we're, we are asking you to help us. Let me just go ahead and say, these splits in the skirts, ladies, if you wear your dress down below your knee, I don't mind the split because you can't walk, but that split shouldn't be above the knee. It shouldn't be above, and we got some that's above the knee. We do. You need to get you some thread or a button or just get you a new dress. Because actually, you know what? It's actually more enticing uh, a lady with a slit real high than it is if they got a short dress on. Really, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, that's what they tell me. But <laughs> what the book says. Yeah, I'm going by the book right here. Praise the Lord. I got a book here on this. And uh, I am trying to tell you the truth, folks. I'm asking you to help us on this. We got to fight worldliness, folks, and we got to fight. And ladies, really, what you need to realize—and I don't know how to say it—but men are more visually affected than women are, and that's why it does. Men are going to notice whether you're dressed modest or not. Now, I'm not a very observant guy. You know, you can almost have makeup piled all over your face, and I don't hardly notice that. You know, I know the ladies always notice who's wearing makeup and who's not. You know, on that, see that we don't wear makeup. Bible says to be shamefaced. You know, we're not trying to. You know, what makeup doing is trying to call attention to the lips or to the eyes. That's modesty. That's what. That's immodesty. Anything that calls attention to your body, you're supposed to let your beaut, your meek spirit, is what beautifies you. And there's something about a woman that really is just clean and pure and holy. Just it radiates out of them. It, it really does. What a beautiful sight it is. I was in a Pentecostal church. It's been several years ago. And uh, a church that has kind of gone by the wayside on the way they dress and acted. I, I really was shocked at almost what I saw. But there was a young lady that I don't know. She had married somebody in that church. And she was in the choir. And she obviously had been brought up in a different environment. And she was still adhering to it. She was almost shining because she looked so pure and so holy up in the choir while the rest of them looked like they had some kind of makeup or something on. Folks, we're trying to be pleasing unto God. You know, we're, we're trying, the Bible says to be modest and that, that we're supposed to keep our bodies under subjection. But ladies, I'm just telling you, uh, men, young men, uh, 
visually they are they they're more than the women are. Although I don't know, women nowadays are getting kind of out there. But I better not go in there. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Well, I don't know if I got time to start this next point. Uh, well, let's let's go ahead and read the scripture here. We, it won't take long. Deuteronomy 22. I done been talking about. We might as well read it. If you'll turn to Deuteronomy 22. Yeah, what would happen in Cleveland? We'd pray a few people through, and everybody'd be doing good. And then I'd tell them, "Now we're going to find out who really loves the Lord the next few Wednesday nights." And you know what? Everybody didn't love the Lord or wasn't willing to pay the price. Folks, this idea that that God paid it all, that you don't have to do nothing, that's not what the Bible teaches. He said, take up your cross and follow me. It's a cross sometimes. It's a cross. Not to wear my short breeches here to church. You know, it just, no, that's not a cross for me. You know why? I never wore them. I'm going to tell you, some of you parents would save some of your children a lot of frustration if you'd never let, never let them dabble in some things. You know very few people start smoking after they're 21 years old. You know why? Everybody knows it's ignorant then. Do you know how many people die every day because of smoking? 1,200 people a day are dying. See, when you get about 25, you realize, man, why would I want to spend $3 a day and have bat breath like Batman and, uh, and, and, and then going to kill myself too? It just doesn't make good sense. Hey, you know, apostolic people preached that before the Surgeon General ever thought about it because <laughs> it was filthy. And if you ever kissed a woman that had smoked, B.C., before Cindy, before Christ, but anyway, I'm just saying it was terrible. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5. said, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Notice it said pertaineth. It didn't say that was made for. I've had women say, well, these weren't, these weren't made for a man. It pertaineth unto a man. Our culture, it, pants are still for the man. They are. It says it's an abomination unto the Lord. An abomination. That makes God sick. He detests that. Now, you know, we don't have much trouble with men wearing dresses for some reason. I mean, I don't think we do. Do we? You know, people say, y'all are hard on the women. No, we just don't have much trouble with men wearing dresses nowadays. Now, I've read, or somebody said the youth right the other day, that they saw a picture of a football player, the one that is, in a dress, and said, that's the next wave. Well, I'll have to wave bye-bye. I mean, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know if they carry the men's sizes, you know. and uh, But it, it's an abomination. We teach and believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus, is the God of the Old Testament. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. If God hated it here in Deuteronomy 22 and 5, he still hates it today. Uh, we're in, and the truth is, it's not generally, it's not as modest either. Pants are not as modest as far as that goes. But the bottom line is, we're just going by what the Bible says. People say, well, what about some of these other things, an abomination? Well, we're talking, it says abomination to the Lord. You know what else is in that list? Homosexuality, bestiality. I mean, we're talking about bad stuff. The things that's listed as an abomination unto the Lord is bad stuff. 
And, and then Revelation says, He that worketh an abomination shall in no wise enter therein. He that doeth an abomination is not going to enter therein. I, I want to enter in, folks. You know, if it's if if I can get to heaven, if I can't wear a dress, that's fine with me. I don't know why our culture is like it is. There are some cultural things. There are some things that I maybe other places they don't affect them. But the word of God is still the same, no whether you're in China or whether you're in Russia or whether you're in Brandon, Mississippi. And we're trying to be pleasing to the Lord. And I'm not being truthful and I'm not being what I ought to be not to tell you what the Bible says. I don't want anybody's blood on my hands. You see, what you do with what I teach, that's between you and the Lord. You know, now this is what we adhere to to people. If you're in a leadership position or involved in it, you're expected to adhere to this list that we have. And I trust that you'll be uh, faithful and loyal to that. But you need to understand, this is these things are biblical principles. This, this is not, this is actually... This is not even like the, the men wearing short pants. This is a point-blank biblical principle right here about the women and the men dressing different. Once again, God wants us to look different and act different from the sexes. When they started these women cutting their hair like men, you ever notice that very few of them women really look good to me? You know, and you know women are smoking cigars now. Now think about that. That, that don't even make good sense to me. But they're doing it. Folks, we're not going to follow after what the world's doing. Take this whole world, just give me Jesus. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to talk some more about this when we get back from conference and get settled back down. I'm going to go right over my list. We've got several other things we need to talk about. Why don't y'all come on? I don't know what to uh, sing after that. 